Hey, it's Brad Gross coming at you with another technology broadcast. If you're a service provider and you want to learn some things, give me a few minutes. You're going to learn a lot. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another technology broadcast. So sometimes I think it might be helpful for you guys to hear a little bit about what my day is like and some of the issues that I have to deal with on behalf of my clients. I think that that's going to really be a good uh, a guidepost for you guys and, and it might teach you a lot about how to run your own businesses and how to deal with the challenges that all MSPs face. So this is a little bit about my day and an issue that a client just wrote in to me about. This particular question uh, dealt with details in a statement of work. So, you know, from listening to me speak in the past, statements of work are deliverable documents. They're going to tell you the who, what, where, when, and how of what you're going to provide to your clients. The question that was asked of me was, how much detail should go into that statement of work? Right? Should it be very detailed? Should it be not so detailed? How much are we going to put into that statement of work? Great question. I'm asked that question a lot. And... It's, a, it's one of those questions that you can go back and forth with, right? You know, do you put a lot of detail into it and, and lock yourself into whatever the statement of work says? Uh, maybe you put in just a few details and give yourself some sort of flexibility. But then, of course, you're leaving the door open to ambiguity and mismanaging expectations and so on. So what do you do? How much detail are you going to put into your statement of work? The way that I approach this is usually by thinking of examples, okay? Examples. Like, let's take uh, help desk services. Everybody gives help desk services, right? What does that mean? It means different things to different people depending on who you're asking. It could mean technology uh, support for known and reported issues, right? The stuff that we know about, the known knowns. It could mean level one or level two type stuff. It could mean just troubleshooting, generally, right? But does it include all levels of service? I mean, does help desk support mean troubleshooting problems that require advanced support or OEM or vendor support? Does it include transition services when, they're, uh, when a client is moving away from your company? All of these things could theoretically fit under help desk support. And a client will call me and say, what do you think, Brad? What should I say when it comes to help desks, uh, help desk support in a statement of work? Now, here's the thing. Here's the secret. I have absolutely no idea. I don't know. I don't know what it could include. I don't know any more than you would know if I said to you, uh, I'm going to provide you with legal advice, right? I'm going to give you some legal advice. What does that mean? You have no idea. I mean, does that mean I'm going to give you legal advice at 3 a.m.? Does that mean I'm going to give you legal advice on all subject matters, like criminal law or tax law or, or bankruptcy, none of which, by the way, I handle? The only person who can tell me and tell a client what the scope of a statement of work should say is you, you, the person who's writing it, no one else. Okay, so how do you do that? Where do you start? Well, let me give you a couple of thoughts on that particular issue. First, every statement, every statement, every statement of work needs to tell a story. 
It needs to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Tell the story. Don't begin with once upon a time and get all cute. Don't do that, but start at the beginning. What is the beginning of your story for that particular statement of work? Think about it. Let's take managed services. Is the beginning of your story, I'm going to provide you with uh, RMM, BDR, maybe a couple of, block of uh, blocks of hours. Is that your story? No. That story sucks. Something comes before that, and there's a lot more to it, right? So what comes before a managed service? Onboarding, right? Transition from another provider or maybe from no provider to you. The onboarding process, that's the beginning of your story. So talk to me about what that means. Are you going to do an audit? Are you going to install software as part of that audit? Are you going to do a gap analysis? What do you do with that gap analysis? What do you expect the client to do with the results of that gap analysis? Start at the beginning. Tell the story. Chapter two, what comes next? Monthly recurring, right? That's the stuff that the client probably expected you to provide from the beginning. So you're going to tell chapter two from both a perspective of what you can provide as well as from the customer's perspective. What would a reasonably informed customer expect you to give them for the money they are paying you, right? For example, I have seen a lot of statements of work in which a MSP is providing a backup service. Right, So they say, okay, we're going to back up uh, these files, these directories up to this amount of information and this is what it's going to cost you a month. Here's the thing. The recovery was not mentioned. Recovery. I mean, clients would expect that if you're backing up their stuff that they're going to be able to recover it and get it back on demand. That wasn't covered. And when I said to one of my clients, I said, well, what do you do about recovery? They said, oh, actually, that's a separate charge. We're going to uh, spin it up in the cloud uh, for two weeks after that. Uh, there are additional charges. And it went on and on and on. And I'm looking at this statement of work, and all it talks about is backup. Well, what do you think happens when you need a backup? Clients panicked, right? Everyone's panicked. That's why they need the backup. And that is not the time when the client wants to hear, oh, to get my stuff back, there's another charge and it's going to be in the cloud. You're not sending me a, a hard drive. You're not recovering it on my equipment. That's not the time to analyze those things. The client didn't tell the story in that statement of work. So we corrected that. So think about what your story needs to say, both from your perspective and from your customer's perspective, and write it down. Remember, if you don't tell the story, you know who will? Your customer. Your customer is going to write that story in real time as bad things are going on. And that is not going to benefit you. I promise you, whatever story they tell is not going to be the one that you wanted to tell. It might not even be uh, a story that you can fulfill. Okay, so think about that. You, you know, if your help desk, for example, is, is limited to uh, known problems, right? Sort of an FAQ kind of situation, then say that. If there's a charge for higher level tech support, then say that. And then try to define in the best way you can the line between free and paid support. You got to manage those expectations. I have found that. Uh, MSP clients don't mind paying for support. They just need to know where the line is drawn. They need to know when they're going to have to pay and when they're not. 
So spell it out. If a problem can't be replicated, let's say, by your technicians, then it might not be covered, right? Well, you have to say that because clients are going to call you and say, I'm having a problem, but you know what? When you're on the phone with me, I, I can't get it to happen. Well, if you can't get it to happen, we can't cover it. We can't spend time on it. Say that. If your help desk only covers equipment that's managed under a managed service plan by your company, say that too. If your help desk has, has limited hours, say it. Okay, you hear the theme? You get the idea? Tell the story. When you're done with that particular story, that particular statement of work, a person should be able to read it and know what's going on. A person should be able to say, well, if this or that happened, this is what the MSP is going to do, right? I'm covered. Think of it from the customer's perspective. Now, I get it. I understand that some customers can have unreasonable expectations, even wacky expectations. You're not writing statements of work for wacky people, okay? If you take away nothing else from this particular episode, you're not writing statements of work for wacky people. Don't write it for the crazy person. Write it in a way that a reasonable person who's familiar with the industry, familiar with your service, would read it and understand it. Then take one more look at a different document. That document is your marketing material. Take a look at what you are offering clients on your website, in your marketing brochures, and make sure that the story that you tell in the statement of work comports with whatever you are offering in your marketing materials. If there is daylight between what you are offering in a marketing material and what your statement of work says, you're going to have an ambiguity. Because a client is going to look and say, you promised me something in your marketing material. It didn't make it into the statement of work. And usually that conversation is going to happen when something bad occurs. And the client's going to look back at the marketing and say, I thought this was covered. And then look at closely at the statement of work and say, oh, it's not. You misled me. You don't want to mislead people. Even if legally you could protect your situation, you know, we could write contracts that say marketing materials mean nothing. It doesn't matter. You want to manage those expectations. So take a look at your marketing materials and make sure that the promises you're making in those materials comport with what you are offering in your statement of work. If they do not, then you need to change one of the two documents. You need to change your advertising stuff to make it fit what you're offering in your statement of work or change your statement of work to make it fit with what you promised in your marketing materials. Those are my thoughts on this issue. If you want help writing your next statement of work, give me a call. Drop us a line at www.bradleygross.com or info at bradleygross.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, guys, thanks for tuning in and have a great and successful day.